Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy a boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, and uh, I don't know, tapping in for Barry the Boater is Bill the Engineer, believe it or not. Uh, Barry has a, a a kid getting hitched this weekend, so he has a pass, and he had Barry uh, had Bill come in and stand in for him, so to speak, on the World of Boating. He's wearing I'm a tux. I'm very busy painting my house now. Oh, is that what it was? I thought you That's were wearing it. That's what's happening now. But so the tux is just a you know way to you know show uh, concern. What, what, I don't know, like just alignment with uh, his festivities this weekend of of a wedding. Or are you just you're just a fancy it's, dresser? It's spring. Okay, exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll go with that. Hey, uh, look, coming up, we got a special guest—a guy who lived three years on a boat, not just any boat, but a twelve-footer. So. We'll find out if he's crazy. That's coming up a little bit uh, later on on the World of Boating. Uh, but first, Mike the Mariner made the news, uh, at least via text, and I think some pictures on Instagram, YouTube, and God knows where else, because he was one of those uh, <laughs> uh, boats that got hammered by some kind of crazy person in the marina. It was one of those type of boats uh, situations. Uh, is that right there, Mike, or what? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was... Uh- pretty amazing uh yeah so this couple arrived uh and it was a transient vessel from another marina somewhere and uh when they entered the marina they, the first thing that happened was they lost control of their vessel and they rammed the fuel dock at uh, what i'm told was a pretty high speed okay and wait then, they uh, lost control of their vessel and let's uh, paint the picture this was in sanford your home marina right yeah yeah and, and I don't know, Bill, uh, I've seen this kind of scenario on YouTube quite a bit. Uh, that, first of all, that wasn't you, right, Bill? It was not me. Okay. Just get no, that no. out of the way. Because I know, you, you know, Bill and his better half like to uh, rent boats every now and then. And maybe he got in over his head and he wanted to come clean today on the World of Boating. But. No, that, it that's not you. it. But, okay. but I do have this question. Yeah. Because uh, Mike says. They lost control of the boat. Mm-hmm. Did they ever actually have control of the boat, or uh-huh. were they just given? The, the, there well, was a there's a wider <laughs> margin of error before they got around other boats and I, buildings. I don't, yeah, you know, I'm not, re- <laughs> I'm not really sure. And you know, the you know the interesting thing is we can we can kind of chuckle about some of the elements of this story, but uh, it really goes to the core of really bad decision making yeah. uh, on a lot of people's. Uh, Parts. I, I did get some of the backstory. Apparently, uh, this uh, this couple uh, borrowed their son's houseboat. Okay, they had never driven a boat before, and there was alcohol involved. Of course, and, there uh, was. So, no boating experience and drinking alcohol. And uh, when they got to their destination, they uh, they were promptly arrested after people saw what they had done, and uh, probably sitting right now. <laughs> Um, talking to the popo, or are they in jail, or do we yeah. know? I, I don't think they got arrested. Uh, they, really? They hit the fuel dock. No, they hit oh, the fuel man. dock, 
And then somehow they ended up over in the basin where my dock is. And that's where, you know, the, the interaction with my boat comes in. I got a phone call from one of my dock neighbors saying, hey, your boat just got hit by a houseboat. Yeah. You know, then, then I got more of the story. And uh, apparently they hit three or four boats. And um, well, you know, before someone was finally able to convince them to put the boat in neutral and shut the engine off. And then uh, one of my dock neighbors went out in a dinghy and uh, basically beat them to a bloody pulp. No, (laughs) right. Pushed (laughs) them into a slip. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so was the damage to your vessel, uh, if it was a houseboat, you know, hopefully it wasn't major, but anything, anytime when you have a collision with another vessel isn't good. So what, what is the status of your vessel? Because I see you're on it it today. So it's working. Yeah. It's still floating. Good. Uh, no, everything's fine. It, it has a little bit of a scuff mark on the uh, on the bow, uh, yeah. right at the uh, rub rail. But no, uh, there's more damage to that boat than than my boat. Okay, <laughs> for sure. Right. Well, but the uh, scuff marks and stuff. You're going to get like an insurance claim, or are they going to pay for a repair or anything? Or do you know? No, no I, I, I've already rubbed it off. It's 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 good to go. Okay, you're talking about the boat. I'm just making yeah. sure we're clear. <laughs> it's a fair question. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah, I, guess. I know. I have to be careful. So is the moral of the story to uh, park in a different boat slip or? <laughs> well, the, yeah. Well, here's the moral of the story. Yeah. First of all, uh, the son, you know, is responsible for, you know, if he's going to, to, to uh, lend his boat out, he needs to lend it out to people that know what they're doing. Yeah. And second of all, um, you know, the people that were driving the boat were, were drinking Bloody Marys all the way down the river. Mm-hmm. That's never a good thing, right? Never. And uh, so just a lot of bad decisions. Someone could have gotten hurt. Thank God nobody did. Yeah. Uh, a few boats got hurt. One boat had a window knocked out of it. But, um, you know, could have been much worse. Well, I'm you know, sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, uh, so the person or the captain at the time been drinking, was he fine with anything? Or do you know? I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I, I, this all happened uh, while I was uh, out of town, and and uh, so I didn't see the details. But I, you know, I know some of the story. When they finally got the boat into the slip, they were so hammered that uh, they basically just went to bed, went to oh, sleep. Boy. Well, they're on a houseboat. I guess they didn't have to go far. So, right. I guess right. it was that. But yeah, what a mess. Well, I'm glad your boat was, uh, you know, wasn't damaged too bad. I mean, were the other boats they hit worse than yours or or what? There was one boat that uh, had a window broken out. I'm not sure which boat it is. Right. uh, um, And probably some scuffs and scrapes. And and the uh, the boat, it's the houseboat itself has some damage, of course, because they they hit the fuel dock pretty hard. Yeah. So so has this guy been uh, the guy who owns the. Uh, houseboat has been banned from the marina, or were they even from the area? They're not from our marina. They were they were there uh, just on a, on a weekend trip. But, yeah, on a uh, bender. No, no. The, son, the the guy that owns the boat came and got the boat. And left you know a couple of days later with it. Got it. All right. Well, yeah. I don't know, Patrick. What do you think about this mess? Did he he handled it as well as he could? Um, as far as, you know, he got the notice, ran down there, made sure his boat wasn't sunk on it. There's nothing else he can do to prepare for something like that other than insurance. Is that right? What do you think? Um, big, big, big fenders. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> but invest in more fenders. Yeah. Did no, you? not, not more. Just bigger. bigger ones. Okay. Big, gotcha. like cruise, like cruise ship 
size big. Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about that, Mike? Have you already uh, looked at uh, picking up a bigger size fender for your vessel? Well, know. that wouldn't have helped in this uh, in this instance. He hit my mm. bow pulpit, so right oh, where the oh, anchor wow. is. All right. Well, and then that. Uh, actually, hit, hit, yeah, and he hit the boat. Uh, there's a hatteras two slips down that he hit, and he hit the bow pulpit with that too, and and that anchor did quite a number <laughs> on his boat. Mm. Yeah, but if you had yeah. one of those big giant ball shaped fenders hanging off the bow, he would <laughs> never have got close. I I do wonder what it's like to have been them, you know, in the well, you've been their, drunk before in their son's boat. No, in their <laughs> son's boat. Yeah, but well, I've never been drunk and then operating a vehicle well, and true. wondering what the hell I'm doing. Right, and, and and I'm wondering, you know, at what point in time she stopped yelling at him that he was doing it wrong, because mm. uh, I'm told I'm doing it oh. wrong. Pretty frequently, and, and, and neither I'm one of you were drinking. Oh, yeah, no, and I'm not a, hitting things. No, there's an element to the story I forgot to tell you. So when they entered the harbor, he was operating the boat. He's the one that hit the fuel dock, and he gave up and had her drive the boat. And then the rest of all that stuff happened while she was driving the boat. Oh I my forgot gosh! That, I for, so it's equal opportunity nutcases, <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. So, had, well, she was probably telling him he was doing it wrong. So he said, "Well, you do it then." And then she yeah. did it wrong, even better at it, I guess. Well, here's <laughs> exactly. the thing: they 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 hit the fuel dock, right? Mm-hmm. You're yes. you're you're ninety nine percent of the way there. Just stop at that point. Yes, you're at the good dock. Yeah. Dock. <laughs> any landing is a good landing. Okay. Uh, so you didn't, you didn't. You came in a little bit hot there, Maverick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a l- l- little more than you wanted, but you're there. Throw out a line. What? Just one. Just one. And just hold yourself fast. Help yeah. will come. I guarantee it. Yeah. Well, well on I'm that drive, that, uh, everybody on the dock was basically saying, "Turn the key off. Put the boat in neutral." And they were just not listening. They were. Dead set on uh, finding a way to get to the slip. Yeah, they were in there. We don't have turkey. Right. We don't have turkey on the boat. Why is he saying turkey? We don't have turkey. Yeah, turn the key. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That that drive to the uh, marina to uh, check out the damage was probably a little hair raising, I'm sure, for Mike, but I'm glad it worked out okay. Coming up, a 12 foot boat for three years. Could you do it? We'll talk to somebody who did just that next on the World of Boating. Listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers, listen up. From their high-impact NK seven resin to their exclusive power claw latches nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear plus nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market the company has been around for over 15 years but it's new to the u.s so we've made a small number of nano cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scuba radio.com go there now and check out nanook 
the evolution of protection. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department led by his ex-girlfriend and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast freedom ain't that free happiness can be cheap zero down and less than you spend on cigarettes every week you can take this beauty home, treat her like you should. My whole life, just like every boat show girl wishes that you would. All I'd ever wanted was to find a girl. Yeah, just like every boat show girl wishes that you would. This is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick Barry. Uh, is not here today. Uh, filling in for him is uh, Billy Engineer, believe it or not. And uh, we're we're happy for it. It might be an upgrade. I don't know. I'll say that because well, he's not here, right, Bill? It, it, this is the thing. Um, Barry's really good with numbers. I'm better with words. And okay. Since we have an author, uh, it, 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 it I'm, makes I'm sense. here for that. I, I I would say it's an upgrade for sure. Uh, Mike the Mariner <laughs> with us as well, but he's underway, so we may or may not hear from him uh, because his connection might be fading in and out. However, we do have a special guest with us, an author as uh, Barry or as uh, Bill <laughs> started with interchangeable. A yeah, interchangeable. Uh, it's fine. Right. Uh, uh, alluded to, uh, Stephen Ladd is his name. He's written a couple books, uh, an older one, 12 or three years on a 12 foot boat. And the new one is the five year voyage. They're kind of a series of, uh, going and living on a boat, uh, to a new level, I think, Stephen, because it's not like cast away or being, you know, crossing the, the world on one boat. It's, it's a 12 foot boat. It's a really yeah. small vessel. And you did this and wrote about it. Is that right? Well, Sometimes people call it 12 years in a three-foot boat, but that's an exaggeration. Okay. I did not spend 12 years on a three-foot boat. I well, spent three years on a 12-foot boat. I want to make that clear. Okay. All right. Well, but I mean, it's pretty close. If you put the three and the two, that's eight. I mean, that's that's a long time uh, that you've been uh, hanging on a boat. I mean, the the five-year voyage, was that was that the 12-footer 12, 12 too? Or was it? 21. Oh, uh, 21. That's this, right. This is yeah. the 21-footer. Okay, so you upgraded slightly for the five-year yes. voyage. You figured, yes, hell, I, you know, the, you, the first book, the first boat, and the first book 
you know, was 12 feet long, but you can't really fit two people on a 12 foot boat and do the same thing. So we had to get a slightly larger boat. Got it. So <laughs> yeah, you had a partner uh, to join you and actually right. you got hitched. You had a kid, the whole thing in that five year voyage. I mean, that's, that's crazy stuff. I mean, just on the surface, uh, when you well, think okay, about it, and it's crazier stuff if you go below the surface. Well, ex- well, and hopefully, well, you didn't and you got to write about it. <laughs> So uh, were, were you writing this book while you were doing this uh, cruise or, or, oh, or yeah. did you? Yeah, yeah, we were. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We were writing a blog. We were writing articles for uh, a boating magazine Got called it. Small Craft Advisor. Okay. All right. So, uh, well, the first question that comes to mind for probably most people is why would you do this? <laughs> what, <laughs> what was the, why did you start the first one? Let's start with the, the mm-hmm. 12-footer mm-hmm. and three years of your life out on um, a 12-foot boat. Well, I guess this is just my my brand of wild and crazy is that not all the time do I go on crazy adventures, but very infrequently, actually. But when I do, I go for years at a time. And okay. um, <clears throat> so that just made sense for it to be a very small boat because I'm also a minimalist. And that first boat was only 250 pounds in weight, so I could drag it up the beach by myself, which was wow. an important factor Uh a way of, um, you know, strategizing how you're going to get along a coastline and get out of the rough water and onto a beach. Huh. And then for the uh, five-year voyage, the 21-foot the boat was too heavy for us to pull up on the beach, but in all other respects, it was very similar. We were just like sardines in a can, really, really small. But since it's small, we're able to row the boat and sail the boat. Hmm. Okay. So I, I don't think that you addressed the real question, mm-hmm. which is when you set out on this first voyage in the 12 year, a uh, 12 foot boat, number one, did you anticipate it being a three year thing? And two, why did you anticipate it being an any year thing? Mm. Right. <laughs> well, I did, I did grossly uh, underestimate the length of time it would take. And <clears throat> I just have a lot of wanderlust. I, I just knew I was going to want to go on a big-ass trip, you know. And um, so the the initial idea there, and that, and that voyage was sort of pre-imagined and followed plan, which is to go across North America by rivers, then get myself down to South America, go across South America by rivers, and then come back by way of the Caribbean. And in both you know, both continents, I have to get across the mountains, you know, the Rockies in this case, and the Andes down there. Wow! And so <clears throat> that's why we did. That's why I did that. And then in the second case, the five year voyage, it wasn't exactly predetermined so much, but it it kind of defined itself as we went along. We we realized our compatibility and our capability, and and uh, the capability of the boat, and we ended up doing something really quite similar, but longer and more extensive um going again similar kind of route down to south america but in the latter case all the way to argentina and back wow that, that is adventurous for sure i mean so was it the the uh sense of adventure and the challenge of of doing this what drew you to it or is it just oh, like yeah you know, a well little- my i here i speak for my wife as well we just love nature we love travel we love <clears throat> adventure um, things foreign. Uh, we love wilderness, and we certainly found all those things. Nice. Now the the twelve uh, foot three year voyage by yourself. 
I mean, at what point did you start uh, looking out for Wilson or, you know, talking to your or as another person? Did that happen to the solitary issues uh, come mm. into play or no? Well, it's um, it's a form of travel that's kind of in between other forms of travel. <clears throat> you're you're not at sea for weeks or months at a time. You're coming to shore frequently and often meeting people, but there right. are places where there are very few people. And <clears throat> uh, the Pacific coast of Colombia is, is one example. It was pretty scary because that coastline is so off the beaten track and so notorious that people just don't go there. So there's no information about it. Yeah. At least there wasn't then. There's somewhat more now. And it's full of pirates and drug smugglers and stuff yeah and you and you were uh robbed at some point weren't you um uh, yeah i i make a habit of being robbed okay <laughs> well but fortunately it, you don't have a lot <laughs> <laughs> well there's that i guess <laughs> it shows how desperate they were but i guess you can read about that in the book right Stephen? yeah yeah jenny and i were robbed at knife point as well wow well uh you know she it, fought it, back she fought back i gave up okay well typical that's yeah uh, don't mess with my wife. Okay. See, <laughs> I think we got a theme going with today's show in that regard, maybe. I don't know. But uh, uh, it's Stephen-Lad.com. That's your website. Is that right? That's correct. Stephen with a PH-Lad.com. Lots of good stuff in there. My writings that have been published and others that have not been published. Take a look. Yeah. And the uh, books are The Five-Year Voyage and Three Years in a 12-Foot Boat, a series of his adventures traveling around the world like this. It's nutty stuff, but uh, good stuff indeed. And we thank you for being on the World of Boating, Stephen. Well, thanks for having me. And we got more coming up. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Bill the Engineer, are the crew at the moment. Mike had to uh, drop off and fill up his uh, vessel with fuel, so he'll be gone for the rest of the show. Uh, and uh, he might have to take out a loan on his boat to pay off that fuel bill. Uh, just how things are these days. A lot of nutty stuff in the uh, boating news and information uh, world. And we're trying to cover it as best we can. Obviously, there's this little uh, war thing going on over in uh, Ukraine and Russia. And how does it affect boaters or how does it get into our industry? Well, they they keep confiscating these boats, these oligarchs boats. And uh, I don't know. What's the latest uh, we have on that, Patrick? Anything? They keep yeah, taking well, we more got, boats, we got, right? we- we got a way that Mike can actually afford to fuel up his boat, and that is through the Treasury Department. The oh. United States is now offering rewards of up to five million. That's with an M, wow. right, Bill? Uh, rubles? Is it in rubles? Oh, no, that, that's like that's, enough to fill up your tank. I don't think five it is. <laughs> million dollars for information, dollars. just for information about. Russian elites, yachts, mansions, private jets, and other property through an effort known as the Kleptocracy Asset Recovery Rewards Program, which is known as, I guess, acronym CARP. Okay. (laughs) 
Interesting. Start so, with a K, though. so they're, they're K. putting out a finder's fee or offering a finder's fee uh, on uh, Russian uh, assets. Through the program, rewards are given for information leading to the restraint, seizure, forfeiture, or repatriation of stolen assets in an account at a U.S. financial institution that enter the U.S. or that come into the possession or control of a U.S. person. Wow. So the Treasury Department is after assets that are linked to corruption involving the government of the Russian Federation. So pretty much everything is fair game, and it's just not wabbit season. It mm-hmm. is yacht season. There you go. Yeah, you know, there's this uh, kid that goes to the University of Central Florida. I don't know if you guys saw that on the news, who uh, tracked down all the super yachts around the world just by using software and set up a website. So I, I bet he's, pre- he's pretty much ready to cash in right about now. And it'll be one of those like 18-year-old billionaires on this kind of stuff. There you go. More coming up on the World of Boating. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Arr! Why buy a house when ye can buy a houseboat? Yar! Don't forget to check out the galley. That's real shag carpeting. Baby, back her down the rain and don't jackknife her. Let's see how many people we can fit inside. I think we got half of the town invited for some beer on a boat on a Saturday. A few good friends just floating away. The world looks better through a cool pair of shades with some beer on a boat on a Saturday. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick Barry, is uh, being relieved this week by Bill the Engineer. So uh, we have a full crew. Uh, regardless of uh, missing a couple folks in action. And, uh, you know, we, we have some interesting stories. This guy who spent 12 years on a boat was something. But, uh, you know, we have something that's kind of similar to share with our passengers today. Is that right, Patrick? Uh, that is correct. Uh, this story comes direct at, from our friends in the Great White North, Canada. And you know that when you see the story posted on World of Boating dot com or world of boating facebook page if you haven't checked us out and liked us do so and you'll see this story and all of the uh stories that we talk about most importantly the stories that we never ever get to um on those two uh mediums there um but when we're talking about canada canada when they refer to yeah, anything having to do with british columbia uh they just give it the old uh bc uh treatment Right. And, you know, to the south of the border, we, we would have no idea what you're talking about because the story starts out a BC man, which stresses the importance of punctuation. Otherwise, you would be really, really confused. Hmm. Um, a BC man survived six harrowing days on a life raft. Take that, previous guest, um, <laughs> with little food and water after his sailboat sank, says he never really thought about dying. I think Stephen uh, just texted me. He goes, what? Are you kidding me? That would be a cakewalk. He did three years in a 12-foot boat. This kid, you know, this guy can't okay, do six hey, days. Hey, 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 hold on. <laughs> you know, we didn't talk about this at all with Stephen, but oh. he did not spend three years on a 12-foot boat. 
Well, he had as his home for three years, a 12 foot boat, but he was routinely not in the boat. Well, like he went from place to place in the boat. He was not bobbing around in the Pacific for three years in a 12 foot long boat. That is not how that happened. Yeah, But if you put it all together, it would be over this guy who is who is over 2000 years old. Oh, he's a BC man, right? Right. Um, right. he uh, he he spends six days in a life raft after a sailboat thinks sinks, and he spends no time worrying about dying. He spends time worrying about how he's going to contact his insurance company about why his boat sank. Well, we're going to get into that. By the <laughs> way, Bill, um, you stole my joke. Ah, I'm there's sorry. a joke there. <laughs> uh, there was I didn't get to it <laughs> because I was going back. And there was a Come back around to the BC thing. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, but, you know, Bill jumped the gun. Okay. Um, thanks All for right. joining us, Bill. <laughs> Bill saved uh, us. The aggravation. Anyway, uh, this gentleman, Don Cavers, 77 years old, a resident. 2077 years old. Go on. Uh, right. A resident of uh, Shoe Swap. Um, not spelled the way that you think. You think Canadian. Um, so it's spelled G R U V. X-T-Y. Shoe swap. Shoe swap. Uh, So here's the thing. He says he, in the story, an active boating enthusiast for 30 years. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's a boater. No, it doesn't. I (laughs) I now have a definition that I can use for Greg. This fits Greg perfectly and kind of... I think gives Greg a, a, a large amount of grace when he introduces himself because we know, and I'm not picking on you, Greg. I yeah. know you might think that I am, but I'm not. Okay. You are not a boater in the sense that I'm a boater or Mike is a boater or Barry is a boater. Right. You are a boating enthusiast. Okay. I'll take that like, too. Like, like people who do cocaine. Are cocaine in- <laughs> you are a boating enthusiast. All right. Um, and I think that's how we should introduce you from now on, uh, because it really does kind of encapsulate your whole um, persona. Hmm. Uh, so you're saying I'm on drugs. Okay. Gotcha. No, I oh. said exactly actually the opposite, but you can go with that. All right. Well, uh, uh, on a raft, I mean, it's like Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn. I mean, well, you know, he, he, he wasn't on something. a raft to. He wasn't on a raft to begin with. And so, he wasn't on a raft on purpose. Correct. <laughs> so he goes to Columbia, um, further south of us, not Columbia, um, you know, up in uh, Washington State or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, and he goes and he's buying a used sailboat for $45,000, which I got to say is a bit of a deal. Um, hey, this, this thing is, he bought a 12-foot sailboat. What are the odds? Is it filled no, with Colombian <laughs> cocaine? or <laughs> Was it a 12-foot sale? So he goes and he buys this 12-boat. And his plan, this boating enthusiast, his plan is to sail the boat from Colombia to Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. uh, um, By himself. Uh, uh, mm, uh, mm. So uh, is he going the long way? Uh, is there any other? But there is a there is a, a second way to go. <laughs> there is. Um, uh, I, I would imagine he was going the short route. That's good. Um, because that long route, uh, that's, that's there's a, a little killer. area mm-hmm. at the tip of South America that probably could give you a lot of trouble. Uh, but you know what? You, you cut through Tierra del Fuego. You go through the Straits of Magellan. 
Life is good. In scenic, uh, in scenic. Didn't, wor- didn't minimum, work out yeah. real well for Magellan, Bill. Yeah, well, what happened? But Why did Magellan it, didn't what, die there. He died elsewhere. What caused him uh, to lose uh, control or okay. lose his vessel? So, Do we know? So, I think it's because he isn't really a boater. Well, maybe. Right. <laughs> and Mother Nature, mm-hmm. um, who trashed Caver's plan by whipping up rough seas. Not just any type of rough seas. We're talking 15-foot wave rough seas uh-huh. on his second night. Now, this boating in enthusiast uh water quickly flooded the cabin three inches above the floorboards a caver blaming topside leaks and a faulty bilge pump which of course for those of us who know about boats and are listening to this program stop hitting yourselves in the head or slamming your heads into the desk or putting your hands in the desk drawer and slamming it uh why would you ever leave port without checking the seaworthiness of this vessel that you're planning on taking from Colombia to Puerto Rico. This is not a one-day hop, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he says, the boat got a bit sluggish, and then I discovered I was taking on quite a bit of water. So I turned to get the water off the deck so the waves weren't breaking over the bow. Um, not necessarily a good thing to do to try to turn that boat. I understand what he was trying to do. Um, but probably better to take the waves at that point bow first, than try to turn the boat in 15 foot seas by yourself to put the stern to the breaking waves, which does what? Anyone? Where's the uh, cockpit? Where's the, the cockpit on a sailboat? Well, it's uh, at the, boat. the back. Yeah. Right. So waves are breaking now. Where? You said on over the, the stern. Yeah. Okay. Right and the where's boat. the entry to the cabin on most sailboats? The back. Yeah. Okay. That big hole. Not, 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 not the best of moves. Uh, so then he puts the boat on autopilot and begins bailing by hand, which took several hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, his quote, looking down at the water and cabin, you freak out. Um, maybe for just a second, then you got to get busy. Yeah. Uh, so once you get in that type of situation, you have to take it one step at a time, he said. Now, uh, the story goes on. So he gets the boat bailed out. The next day, all the electrical systems are out. The entire electrical system is shot because water has gotten in and has taken everything, shorted it. So he loses everything, including autopilot, uh, including his satellite phone, his cell phone, an iPad, and navigation books. Hmm. Now, what would be helpful in that situation? Charts, paper yes! charts, a uh, Ziploc yes! bag. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. As soon as you said navigational chart, I said, "Oh no, oh mm. no!" Patrick wants you to have some paper charts here. You but, voting enthusiast, well, you. When I say when I in the past when we've talked about paper charts, I mean most charts it, you're going to get them encased, um, right? Waterproof, laminated, yeah. something like yeah. And mm-hmm. Cavers noted that any paper he had turned into Paper mache. Yeah. I don't think it was paper mache at that point because it probably hadn't hardened into the shape of, I don't know, a weirdly shaped man's head, mm-hmm. um, like some third grade art. But he had some paper charts, but they were real paper charts as opposed to. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, he had a navigation book, which apparently <laughs> got a little soggy. <laughs> was, was, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, now when he bought this boat, it should be noted, 
It didn't have just any compass. It had a very special compass, which I'll tell you about when we come back from this break. That's next on The World of Boating. You're listening to The World of Boating Radio Network. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the boating world? Well, look no further than the World of Boating Radio Show. Just like you, thousands of boating enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to worldofboating.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers listen up from their high-impact NK resin to their exclusive power claw latches, Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast i appreciate this but i really like to get some sleep oh of course my sweet i'll just make some soothing ocean sounds for you This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate. Captain Patrick, Bill, the engineer, rounding out the crew. All right, so this guy uh, buys a sailboat in Colombia. 
uh, heads out to sea, was going to cruise back home, and day two hits a storm, and next thing you know, he's bailing out uh, water from the bottom of the boat and uh, losing proposition, it sounds like, because he ended up on a raft for six days at sea. But uh, but but once he realized all his stuff was ruined, uh, electri- uh, you know, electronics shorted out, his paper charts were a big pile of soggy mush. I mean, what did he do, Patrick? What happened? Uh, well, funny thing is, you know, all that stuff that turned to paper mush apparently clogged his bilge pump. Um, so it, as you're listening to the story, it's just one thing kind of leading to another, leading to another, leading to another, which really just started with a poor decision at the very outset. But talking about this compass that he had, uh, apparently it's one that I've never heard of before. Uh, it's called a wonky compass. Hmm. Um, so all he's got now for navigation is a wonky compass and he's about 150 miles from the nearest point of land. Okay. Uh, I believe that- that's from a uh, uh, journey to the center of the earth. And that compass uh, tells you where, uh, the inner earth is. It points to the inner earth. That's the wonky thought, compass that I'm. Aware I thought it was from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but ah, could be. You, you may be wrong. I could have my um, compasses mixed up. That's the Wonka. That's the oh, Wonka. Oh, that's that's compass. right. See, stop ruining my jokes, Bill. They're jokes. Okay, I'm trying, but he doesn't. I can't get to the punchline because mm. uh, Bill just jumps in there. Mm. Um, so eventually, the seas calm down. So now he's got no electronics, calm seas, but he has no idea where he is how fast he's going or the distance that he's covered. He also mentioned that twice, uh, two fishing boats passed them with their nets out one within 200 feet, but both turned their backs on him. So he says he believes they were illegally fishing. So that's why they ignored him. I don't think that's why I don't think they knew that he was in distress. Um, so as he, uh, continues to go on eventually on the fifth day, um, he hears a big thump, in the middle of the night hmm. and uh he grounds the boat on a reef mm. and that's what tears a hole in the hull uh that's what caused the boat to go down and uh he winds up in the life raft okay so is it one of those uh big orange like uh sun covered ones or more primitive or do we know uh, it it was one of the one of the uh, orange ones uh with the it was it's actually probably nicer than the sailboat um to be honest with you he probably should have just bought the life raft yeah um gone out there and called for an sons hey where you going puerto rico all right hold on you know uh but uh it it really goes to something that we we've talked about uh, quite frequently on the show uh even the most recently when we had matt noel on uh, the Marine surveyor. Right. And, you know, it, buying a boat uh, like this or any others, it's worth getting the, the uh, survey done. Uh, understand it's in Columbia, but, you know, you're, you're going to find people in that area that, that are able to perform a Marine survey. Uh, let you know that the, the seaworthiness of the vessel, that all systems are operational. Um, yeah, Bill, Bill is, uh, has a question on his face. I can see right now about this, though. I still want to know why this guy from British Columbia went past what I'm guessing is 5,000 other boats not in this market that were closer to him Mm. than this boat in Columbia. I think, I think he liked the hull color. 
Maybe. <laughs> now you you know you laugh, but you know what? It's 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 that's a truth in people who buy uh whether it's a new boat or a pre-owned boat. Sometimes it's it's you know, I, I like everything about this boat, but I don't like the hull color. You know, the hull cut you know, this hull is it's black gel coat. I don't want black gel coat or this one's got the the gray steel gel coat I've been looking for. It doesn't have, you know, the cockpit that I like or all the features, but I'm going to buy it anyway. Because be I've totally always wanted to go to Columbia. It. It's been on my list of places to visit. So maybe there's a little bit of that, too. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, Wanderlust. Or, yeah. or, at, or at 77, <laughs> and you're looking, you know, here. this is going to be a great adventure. I'm going to take the boat from here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it to Puerto Rico. I'm going to meet up with my son. This will this will be awesome. Yeah. And probably with proper planning. Um, and a, a vessel that is seaworthy and looking at, oh, what's that thing they call a uh, long range marine forecast um, so that the second night out, you're not in 15 foot seas mm. um, and knowing how to properly handle that boat and not doing it by yourself. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest thing yeah. for somebody who is a boating enthusiast. So the uh-huh. uh, moral of this story is just don't do that. I think is that. A fair assumption well, I mean, there, Captain it, Pendrick, it, or no? If you're going to do it, just do it with proper planning. Okay. That's that's All the moral right. of the story. And maybe look closer to home. Uh, as, as challenging and adventurous as it may sound, you might be better off just going to your local boat dealer. Saving you a little trouble there, too. All right, that'll wrap it up for this week of The Big Show. Till next time, remember, whether it's sail or motor, life, life is, is better, better as, as a boater. Safe boating, everyone. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at (gasps) worldofboating.com. Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com.